Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello, Z Nation fans, and welcome back to the AfterBuzz TV Z Nation After Show. We are taking a look at Season 4, Episode 8, Crisis of Faith, and we have a very special guest in studio with us, so stay tuned after the opening. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin! Whenever we have a song actually in an episode, we have to open with it. Right, yeah. Like, it's an obligation. And Michelle's just happy to be here. This is a good song. I enjoy this. Can we just do this the whole time? We'll just dance a little little shoulder dance. Yeah, we had a nice conversation about who actually does this song. It's a group called Steeler's Wheel. S-T-E-A-L-E-R-S Wheel. When did this song come out? A while ago. 90s? I feel like it was earlier than that. I don't know what it, it feels like, the, like 60s. It looks like the 60s. It anyway. feels like 60s. Anyway. Hello, Z Nation fans. Welcome back. We are the AfterBuzz TV Z Nation After Show. We're looking at Season 4, Episode 8, Crisis of Faith. I have with me tonight Michelle Cullen. Hello, everyone. You can find me on Twitter at Michelle underscore Cullen. Uh, Megan Salinas could not join us tonight. She is uh, currently hunting for a relic. I'm sure I'll hear from her soon. In the meantime, you can uh, give her tips on how to read the map and find religious artifacts at uh, the the Menguin, T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. And I'm Katie Cullen. You can follow me all over the social medias at Kiaje, that is K-I-A-X-E-T. We have a hashtag, ABTVZNation. We have a live chat for those of you who are watching live. Welcome. And we have a very special guest with us tonight, Jen Derwingson, the writer and director of this episode. Hey, everyone. Thanks for watching. Thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah so this, this was a really good episode to have after the past two that we've had because we lost Lucy and then we had a very difficult episode to watch last week. It was fairly extreme. And so having an episode that is... I hesitate to say a little more true to form because crazy weird people in the apocalypse is pretty true to form for Z Nation. But one where we have a theme, but we also have a little bit of emotional catharsis is just, it felt a little bit like settling in. I appreciated it quite a bit. Oh, good. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it was, um, yeah, it was sort of, uh, I guess, the real aftermath of Lucy dying. Yeah. The yeah. previous episode was sort of the reaction, and then this episode was people kind of um, settling into the fact that Lucy has died and what that means to them and their journey, I think. Last episode, we had the first couple of stages of grief, and this episode, we have the last couple of right. stages of yeah. grief. Yeah. There with, was... with a couple of the first ones thrown in for good measure. Yeah. Plus zombies. Yeah. Plus zombies. Like which which stages of grief are zombies? That's the well that's the question. Yeah. Usually slash hopefully none of them. Right. <laughs> because that's kinda how you know you're in the apocalypse is yes. zombies. Yeah, anger, denial, zombies. Bargaining. Bargaining. Acceptance. acceptance. <laughs> yeah. Probably somewhere in the middle. Yeah, yeah zombies. It <laughs> feels about right. Yeah. So what was the inspiration behind this episode? 
I'm trying to think back, but um, yeah, I mean, I, it started with the character who became the character of Lewis, of, you know, someone who was a bit, you know, like a relic hunter. Um, there was a bit of Indiana Jones to him, but someone who had his own kind of mission that kept him going. Um, and was someone who had an idea of what after the apocalypse might look like. And that's, I think, kind of unusual for our world because everyone's just focused on surviving. surviving. Um, and he has this thing that keeps him focused on, well, what's after surviving? Yeah, I I love that the relic hunting was just people might need this. Like, this in particular doesn't mean anything to me, mm-hmm. but I've seen that it means things to a lot of other people that I've run across. So I will be that person. I will be the person who has all of these things for when we're finally done with the apocalypse and people want their items of faith back. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, Indiana Jones has the whole, like, this belongs in a museum thing. It belongs with the people it came from. Yeah, and <laughs> and Lewis's whole thing is like, this this deserves to survive the apocalypse, because, yeah. it, because what it means to people deserves to survive the apocalypse. Was there any rhyme or reason to the different, um, I hesitate to use the word relics, but the different artifacts and religious symbols and whatnot that he was wearing? Um, I was just, it just, I just wanted to, well, part of it was what uh, Ashley, our costume designer, could find, but some of them were called out in the script, like the St. Christopher medals, and I, I just wanted it to be a range of religions and faiths. So it wasn't one particular that he was he was preserving. It was all of them. Um, and yeah, I just told her to find as many things as she could and stick them on that vest. <laughs> I do enjoy that. The St. Christopher medals kind of creeped me out a bit, though. Having that many on one yeah. item. It was just like, how many bodies did you yeah. get well, all up in to get that? Yeah. I mean, it is the zombie apocalypse. There's bodies everywhere. It just depends on whether they're lying down or running after you. <laughs> yeah, no, I still stand by what I said. How many, how many bodies did you have to get up in to get those? Yeah, to get those medals. Yeah, that, that's true. I didn't think about it that way. But yeah, that's that's true. A lot, a lot of people have died in the apocalypse. Yeah. I mean, I'd go with probably most of the population at yes. this point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's not that many people left. You know, the further we get into it, there's fewer and fewer. Well, we're yeah. hoping that there will be a chunk of them at Numerica, but it looks like we're not heading to Numerica anymore. <laughs> not anytime soon. Oh, that was no. short-lived. I'll start. I'll start, yeah. It's a little bit of a red herring, I guess, but it's still out there, so you never know. And I do appreciate just the Zona mentions from Murphy, like, I miss Zona. I miss having it good. I miss knowing where my next meal is going to come from. And what I have to look forward to is freezing my ass off in Numerica. Yeah, that's sort of the thing that's that's left, and it's it's one of those things about our show where anything that seems too good to be true is oh, yeah. too good to be yeah. true, uh, which was always going to be the case with with Zona, and there was also some element of that, you know, you're safe, but at what cost? And that's you know, whatever we. I mean, that's sort of running theme in the show, too. Whenever, yeah, yeah whenever there is. A community that's been able to keep themselves safe at some kind of price. 
Well, and I feel like for Zona, it was less what's the cost and more who's paying it. Because right right up until the end of, like, we had this two-year time skip, and then right up at the end, everything started falling apart. But for those other two years, who was paying that cost? The 99%. Yeah. (laughs) I did find it to be kind of an interesting frame shift for me for Murphy to be complaining that you know the the apocalypse did end for him he found what was at the end of that rainbow if right you, yeah. if you will be thematic about it he was happy and content and he thought it was done and then he just got thrown right back into it so hearing him say that compared to Lewis preparing for the end mm-hmm. is just like there the end isn't this one solid concept it's different for every single person experiencing the same traumatic event yeah that's true that's true well and i feel like lewis's end of the apocalypse is there are no more zombies we can either get back to normal or start establishing a new normal probably the latter like Mm -hmm. i feel like for him he's seeing more of a global end to it like we've come out of the other side of this horrifying disaster whereas for murphy it's this is my personal end of the apocalypse and everything else is just i mean it's still happening but it's not happening to me He's yeah. like that for the beginning of the episode, though. But he can't—you can't regress that that fast with yeah. all of the, you know, character development he's had and the caring he's experienced, especially toward Warren. He can't go back to the selfish Murphy that he was in season one and two. Yeah. It's just not physically in him anymore. Yeah. So even though he's like that for the first twenty minutes of this experience in in Canada and in a church, <laughs> which oh. I would can't wait till we get to. Um, but. For him, he's just come so far that it's it's even kind of half-assed coming right. out of him. Yeah, it's just, yeah. this is about yeah. me, but fine, I'll help. I mean, yeah, he was like that at the beginning of the season, is more what I was referencing. But yeah, this episode we just have that outburst of "Man, I miss having it good," and then we're back to business. Yeah. So yeah, I agree. He has come way too far, and I really think the loss of Lucy obviously just table flipped his status quo. He's still figuring himself out. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So where where did you find this church location? <laughs> I, let, let's talk about the church. Let's talk about the zombie nuns because zombie nuns, y'all. That's that's a good question. I mean, obviously we couldn't shoot in a uh, working Catholic church. That was just never never going to happen. <laughs> um, even like a normal functioning church probably would have cast a, an eye askance at zombies in their church. This church, luckily, um, is, or had been, it was actually for sale, oh. which is something we always look for <laughs> on the show, um, for sale, but had just been an event space. So mostly okay. used for, for weddings kind of thing. You could rent it out, but it, it didn't belong to any particular denomination. There was a small church that was kind of renting out the space, but they didn't own it. And we, I, I think we made like a nice donation to that church for inconveniencing, inconveniencing them for one of their Sunday services. So we're going to um, tear up your ancillary church. I hope that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I think we did less damage to it than what it looks like, but you know, they always go, our, uh, our production design department is, uh, really, really good at making things look actually better than how we how we found them, um, which is necessary because we're always shooting on, on location. I mean, unless something is already apocalyptic and, yeah, yeah. you know, Kaiser Aluminum, we're not going to make it look better than what it, <laughs> what it is. <laughs> it just is that. 
That plant, just I know it was like a season and a half ago, but when we came up and took a tour of that plant, that place yes. is terrifying. Oh, yeah. That is the apocalypse. Just it is the on apocalypse. its own. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely part of it's a super fun site. And, you know, there are parts of it where, like, this is super cool. We want to shoot here. And I'll be like, no, that part you actually can't. Like walk in, like someone <laughs> yeah. will die if someone you try will, to open. Someone this will up. get some kind of disease. There are some from chemicals this. over there, yeah. it, it, like in the dirt. Stay over here. Yeah. You see how the walls are kind of bowing out? Like you, you don't want to be in there, just in case. Exactly. <laughs> that place is where you shoot a horror show, and it was yeah. a ton of fun to be there, and also completely terrifying. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, speaking of completely terrifying, zombie nuns. You went to Catholic school. Uh-huh. That doesn't mean anything. Um, <laughs> I don't even know how to formulate a thought now that you threw that at my face. That, that okay. was part of my life. Um, I didn't have nuns, first of all. Oh. I had sisters. How dare you? Um, they didn't have the rulers anymore. They did when my dad went to school, which is really yeah. funny. He has scars on his knuckles. Um, no, our dads from, have stories about Catholic from, school and nuns. From the rulers. But I thought it was hysterical that they were trapped in, in the coral alcove up in the balcony um, and, and the guitar still. And we're still kind of singing. Yeah. yeah. Until yeah. our party comes across them and then they get angry and zombie. But yeah. but they were still trying to carry a tune, man. Yeah. <laughs> I will appreciate the hell out of any show that has a guitar and immediately goes El Cabong with it. Like, I I adore guitars as physical weapons. And I don't know why. They're not built for that. No, they're, they're not. not built for that. No, they're, they're built for smashing over people, but they're not a very effective I weapon. Dis- I disagree with both of those statements. <laughs> <laughs> you are the musician at the That's table. That's just so. me, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I had to draw on. I did not go to Catholic school, but Carl Schaefer did. And so, <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, yeah, there were some, yeah. There's some of him in that. Uh, There's some of him there. in that episode. We did. There was in the script. We did name check the Catholic school that he went to, but really? it actually got cut, and he cut it. So okay, I don't feel bad about it. But he wanted to give a little shout out to his Catholic school friends. <laughs> well, it's probably a good plan to cut the name of an actual school, especially if it's a elementary or younger school. I don't know what level he went to Catholic school. Yeah, at, I don't. I don't remember. But yeah, yeah. yeah. The only thing. That was missing for me that I would have loved was a sister act reference. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, there is, I, I don't know if it's in any of the shots, but if there any of the sheet music that was scattered around the church was actually sheet music from sister act. Was oh, it? Yes. That's a, I, I don't know if it's back. in any of the shots, but I looked at it one day. I like picked it up and it was like, oh, that's a Thursday. <laughs> God bless the set dressers. Or what's, yeah. what's the rule? It's not set dresser. I'm, it, it is yes, set dresser. It is set dresser. Yes, it's just okay. set dressing to set. Yeah. 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 Um, I have very little theater background. but fantastic. Yeah. I will I will go back and see if we can see. Yeah, you have to look. Music. Yeah, see. If it's around. Uh, yeah, mostly on the ground and stuff, but it is there. Yeah. Just one of those great little Easter eggs. Yeah. <laughs> so great. I love set dressers so much. Yeah, they yes. and ours do a great job. They oh, do. they yeah. do. Fantastic yeah. job, yeah. Doc panicking over his Catholic school upbringing and immediately going into the prayers after killing a zombie nun was just... Uh, I feel like it never really leaves you. No. Yeah, and Doc and Doc has every um, every background that we need. He does. He has. has He's had like he's had like every job. He's been to Catholic school. You know who who knows what other kind of training he's had, but he's had all of it. 
He knows the Camp Marijuana song. Yep. He knows <laughs> that song was a great way to start the episode. It really was. Like, we had our really kind of terrifying cold open, and then we swing right into that. Yep. Which, yeah, no, I... I thank you for including the joke about, no, those aren't marijuana leaves, that's that's a maple leaf. We're, we're in Canada. We're in Canada, that's how you know you're in Canada. Yes. <laughs> plus, huh. plus all the Canadian stereotypes on Yeah, how many, yeah. <laughs> how many stereotypes got left on the cutting room floor? Well, I think we could, well, there was, you know, there were t- the two backpacker zombies. We actually, there's nothing, there was a shot with, you know, they have the Canadian flags on their backpack, so we didn't get to see that, but the oh. two girls were, you know, Canadian backpackers with, with the flag on their backpacks. That's fun. Yeah. But you had the Bob and Doug McKenzie and the Mounties and. Yep. The hockey team. The hockey team. The hockey team. Which that is. I think that's most. Miss I think that's most of, yeah. I think that's most of the Canadian stereotypes. Right? Yeah. yeah. There weren't that many. In the... Plus, they were all really nice. Because <laughs> then they shouted back to America, which is just something you have to shout when you're on the border, <laughs> I feel. I've never, I've never actually been to the USA-Canadian border before, and I grew up in Minnesota, so I realized how big of a sin that is. I was yeah, really close. That's a missed opportunity. <laughs> it's a missed opportunity. Um, but I would do that. I've done that with state borders. That you like, do, you just shout back to America? Like you just, well, back to New Mexico or back oh, right, to right. Arizona, wh- whichever state yeah. border I'm currently like you're hovering like, you're right just like, by the line. Hop, hop. <laughs> I'm running. Why would you ever go back to Arizona? Grand Canyon. Point. Oh, that's a good All point. All right. That's, that's a good point. All right. That Yeah, no, I was that's thinking legitimate. more in terms yeah. of like Phoenix no. or the no. 115 degree hell city. I'm thinking of a yes. giant hole in the ground that's beautiful. All of our Arizona listeners, I love you. I couldn't live there. Although it's becoming that hot here, so and when yeah. it, and when that happens, I'm always like, I didn't, I didn't move to Phoenix. What's happening? Why is it so hot? Yeah. I mean, I know we're a desert, but come on, guys, no, we're Mediterranean. We're not actually desert. Well, it doesn't feel like it. I know, right? Yeah. Regional humor. <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious. Always funny. And we just. I'm still stuck on the church because the church is beautiful and Doc panicking is beautiful and just Murphy not caring. The the crack about the original zombie getting up and walking away. And then just the banter about Lazarus. And I love how natural a lot of the conversation is. Yeah. It was very well written. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. um, Well, again, yeah, all the... All the Catholic references <laughs> could possibly <laughs> squeeze in, um, and that yeah, and then of course that's something that Tinke would know that his dad would told him. So that's a little yeah, and that was nice for him to bring up his dad again. Yeah, yeah. I yep. feel like it's rare that we get Tenke brings up or knows things that other people don't. Yeah. At least in terms of pop culture, it's true. Well, of course, because he had such a sheltered. Sheltered childhood with his, well, you said with pop his father. Culture and his like Lazarus. in the Bible. <laughs> Lazarus. Pop culture. You know. Pop culture. It's the cool. kids today with their Bible and everything. <laughs> with their zombies and their With their zombies and their, with their, their Bible, Bible and their churches. Um, and their churches and their guns. So how did it come up in the writing room or how did you manage to create the end result of Murphy and Warren sharing that vision but not seeing the same thing what was the what was the process for that powerful scene because it was really 
the first time someone outside of Warren understood the the turmoil that's going on in her. Right. Well, part of it was that it's not, you know, it wasn't like a Vulcan mind meld. You know, it wasn't yeah. powerful enough for him to actually see what she was seeing. Um, and so part of that, you know, having him in the uh, old window screensaver, which... That's what it looked like. Well, that's what it was. That was the first thing I thought of, and I'm really glad that you said it. <laughs> well, because it was, we wanted like a green, you know, green kind of beautiful, and that window screensaver was shot uh, on the Palouse, which is where we've shot, which is close to Spokane, and so we were going to shoot out there anyway, Um you know, that's what I had in my head when I was like, well, Murphy's in this thing that, that looks pretty, looks pretty nice. He's in this place that looks pretty nice. And it was just a way of um, showing that he was connecting to Warren, but only on a certain level. A superficial level. A, super, a superficial level. Um, and she's still trying to, because she still doesn't know quite what she's, quite what she's seeing. And she hasn't been able to explain it. And the only way that it gets across is when they do have this mind meld is that he feels what she's feeling. And they have enough of a connection for that because of our, you know, hashtag Z Nation science of them having shared blood. Yeah. Um, So he can can feel that and know that um, it's not, he knows that it's real for her. You know that it's not something she's making up, or something just a she's making up, or... yeah, or hallucination. But that it's it has that level of reality, and he feels that, and so that's sort of how he changes his view of what her experience has been and what that's leading them towards or away from. Yeah, and I thought that was just beautiful and also terrifying that she's describing what's happening. It's the end of the world. Can't you see the fire? oh, I'm sorry, the rains are coming, I can't stop it. And then that's when he starts feeling it. And he can't see any of this coming. Yeah. Like, that's great and also horrifying. Yeah. He's in this idyllic place and he's on fire. Yeah. Yeah. That's foreboding. Yeah. That is super foreboding. That's the point. Yeah. One of the most powerful moments for me in this entire episode came right after that dialogue and him feeling that was just that Mm nonverbal look that they shared. I feel like the nonverbal acting has increased this season in the best way possible. There's a lot that just is on looks alone. Mm-hmm. Um, like Sunmay's scene in the abandoned camp yes. was phenomenal and so eerie and powerful. And then th- this look just conveyed so much emotion and pain and terror. And it was just a second. Mm-hmm. So the actors are doing amazing. Yeah, they're doing a wonderful job. And part of it is that... You know, at this point, they know their characters so well. They know the relationship between their characters so well. Um, And the actors know each other so well that you, you know, they can, they can do that. And everyone knows what it means. You know, just that smallest look. Yeah. And it's, you're absolutely right. That is an incredible piece of acting. I think the, the line of dialogue that got me was, what did they do to me? Because it's, I think this is the first time this season that they've brought that up in such a direct manner. Like, we know she was in Zona, we know she was in a medically induced coma, we have made more than one joke about the fact that Zona kept her in pristine white underwear and gave her manicures and pedicures while she was out, which is just super creepy. 
But I think it's the first time on the show that they've directly addressed, like, what did they do? Yeah. Yeah. Because she was out for two years, and there's not a lot of consent happening there. No. No. Definitely not. You can't consent if you're unconscious. Yeah. <laughs> just That's just a good rule, rule of thumb. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Very good rule of thumb. Pretty sure that was not ongoing and enthusiastic. No. That was not there at all. No. And that's a question that's left hanging over us. They don't, Murphy doesn't have an answer. None of us have an answer to that. I, I think Murphy might have an idea. You know, he probably knows they went in there. Yeah. Maybe doesn't know what they actually did, but probably has an idea. Murphy, you garbage fire. <laughs> well, and I was going to say that moment where she says, you were awake for those two years. What did they do to me? Gives him accountability for what happened because he is supposed to be one of her closest friends yeah. in the apocalypse, as yeah. closest friends can be when she's carting him across the country to use his blood at first. Right. They've grown. Um, but, yeah, he was busy living the high life, being one of the top 1% of the one percenters, leaving his friend in a coma to be experimented on mm -hmm. um, and just not bringing it up ever. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I meant with the the apocalypse is over for me, oh well, yet. Yeah, so Murphy, I think, has a lot of thinking to do, especially after this. And I think that this will mark another shift in their relationship where he gets behind her 100%. Like, yeah, no, I've I've kind of seen what she's seeing. I know it's real. Yeah. And they're still calling her boss, even though she said she's not boss anymore. So. Yeah, I think at this point she doesn't get to decide. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, are you doing okay? Are you sure you should be driving? She did wander into a lab and come out with something in a cylinder where we still don't know what on God's green earth it is. So I feel like we have a lot of random puzzle pieces, but we haven't seen the picture. We don't have any edges and we don't know how to put anything together yet. That's true. That's a good way to put it. We have a lot of, <laughs> well, that's a, that's a good way to put it is we have a lot of puzzle pieces. Yes. That we've been given throughout yes. these eight episodes. Yes. Yeah. And we have five more, I think. Five more to go, so... Not By the end, it'll all come together. Will it, though? Because y'all are known for your cliffhangers. <laughs> but it'll mostly come together. Yeah. <laughs> Here's your answers. Here's another question. Yes. Season's over. That's what we do. Which uh, is why we need to renew Z Nation. There's a hashtag. There's a meme. Come on, you guys. Support the show. Support the show. Support the show. Because there's no way we're getting answers for everything, and we need a season yeah. five. <laughs> yes. Let's be completely real. Yes. Season five, all the answers. Yep. Yeah. Hashtag all the answers. Exactly. Yeah. Let's let's talk a little more about Lewis. Okay. Because like, <laughs> like, yes, I approve of this topic. Let us continue. Um, he, I think, was one of the most interesting. I hesitate to say side characters, but he was kind of a one-off, and we have a lot of them waltz in and out of the show. Right. I think he's one of the more interesting ones that we've seen this season because he was able to connect so easily with people who started off not trusting him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was an interesting character. And I had I had this discussion with uh, Drew Hylands, who played Lewis, about the fact that he says he doesn't believe in anything. Yeah. And yet he's collecting all these artifacts, these religious items. And... So obviously, like Warren says, if you believe it's all going to be over, <laughs> that's a that's an article of faith in the yeah. in the apocalypse. And so, I, I think that's what makes him interesting as a character is that contradiction that he says he doesn't have religion, but he does have faith. 
and yeah, just that that contradiction. And I think he played it played it really well, and you know, played it as you know, it was a bit tricky casting as as well because he's someone who's like this this loner who's doing this weird thing. Although relative to the rest of the apocalypse, it's maybe not that that weird. He is stark raving sane. Yeah, compared like. to the rest of it. So then it, it then it becomes you want him to be likable, but still kind of an unknown X factor in yeah. in in the episode and and in the story, and still be kind of that um, you know kind of a blank slate, kind of a mirror, especially for. Uh, Warren and and Murphy yep. to kind of get out what they need to get <laughs> to get yeah. out after after Lucy's death and and originally when we were talking about the concept of, of the episode more more of the characters were going to have their moment with with Lewis we were all going to go know. have a trip with Zuko they were, and come they, back yeah they were all going to we were going to have it and you know Doc sort of gets a mini one with the, with a necklace. Yeah. Um, but obviously the episode was, was more about Warren and Murphy, so they were the ones that ended up having their heart-to-hearts with, and with that's, Lewis. And that's another one of those conversations that is written really casually, and then it amps up almost without you realizing it and becomes a big emotional point for both of them. Mm-hmm. Because Lewis and Warren are just talking, and it's a normal conversation, and then it becomes, well, what if it's all for nothing? How do you know? Yeah. And that... You know, Lewis is just having this conversation, and for Warren, it's this big turning point for her character. It's this, how do I have faith in this mission that was thrust upon me? Yeah. And that's... It's hard to organically weave those into conversation. Yeah. And that, I think, was done really well on both counts. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it was... um... I mean, that was a hard day. We We shot everything in the crypt in one day. Oh, dang. A very long day. Oh, dang. Um, But that's, you know, spent a lot of time on that conversation between Warren and Lewis because I thought it, I thought it deserved it because it was that, oh yeah, that turning point. And um, the first few times, the first few takes when Warren asked Lewis, like, how how do you know? And he says, I don't. She kind of played it as uh, frustrated. Like, she's not getting the answer that that she wants. And finally we got to a place where I just said to her, you know, let that be enough. His answer is what you need to hear actually. And then she played it like that. And then the scene made sense, you know, that that's, yeah, it's not, you don't know. No, it's faith. And you choose that. I mean, that's kind of the point of faith. Otherwise it's called a guarantee. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I did love getting Lewis's uh, backstory such as it was. Cause I don't, I could be wrong about this, but I don't think we get a lot of dedicated flashbacks for side characters right. unless it's extremely plot heavy in one way or another. Right. So just getting that flashback of him in the garage and the aftermath of that first night of the apocalypse was yeah. very powerful. Yeah. More so than I was expecting. Uh, for me, too. I mean, it was originally I don't even know if it had originally was written to have a flashback. There, he had mostly just been talking about it, and then I think we added the flashback at some point, and then that scene was actually because you know we have such a short schedule. That scene of Lewis in the garage was uh, <laughs> directed by our second unit director Juan, who 
the other character was named after. So we were actually trying to get one to play one, but but he had direct he had one. To, he had and... to direct one, and so he filmed that back. So I so I actually didn't didn't see it until it was cut into the episode, and I was oh. and I was like, oh well, that's very effective. <laughs> He's a good little bit of character history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I and I thought uh, Drew did a great job too. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And speaking of history, we have a special history thing for you guys because it turns out we have another show coming back that I'm sure a lot of you watch: uh, History's Vikings. So, History's critically acclaimed series Vikings will premiere with a two-hour season premiere airing Wednesday, November 29th at 9 p.m. Eastern and Pacific. So. It's a week and two days. Set your calendars. <coughs> Season five begins with Ivar the Boneless asserting his leadership over the great heathen army while Lagertha reigns as queen of Kattegat. Ivar's murder of his brother Sigurd sets the stage for vicious battles to come as Ragnar's sons plot their next moves after avenging their father's deaths. Bjorn follows his destiny into the Mediterranean Sea and Floki, who is suffering from the loss of his wife Helga, takes to the sea submitting himself to the will of the gods. This is a season full of starting alliances and unbelievable betrayals as Vikings fight to rule the world. That sounds really wild. Go Vikings. Go Vikings indeed. So that is on history, so give that a watch. That's looks like it's going to be Wednesdays, so you can watch Z Nation on Fridays, watch us on Mondays, and then watch Vikings on Wednesdays. There you go. That sounds like a good That's week. half your week. You're great. You're set. Yeah, so let's, let's get back to Lewis, and let's talk a little bit about the conversation with him and Murphy. Because talking about saints, I, I always admire someone who has an encyclopedic knowledge of the Bible or saints, just because that is a lot of information. There are, yeah, there are a lot of saints. There are a lot of saints, and there are a lot of child saints. And, which is kind of horrifying. Which is horrifying, but and then and then when you start looking into it, like like he says, uh, most of child most of those girl saints had crappy dads or Except crappy for- moms. It's like usually it's like one of those because I started researching because I was like I want to place this saint on someone. Well, real, like a real saint, and you start looking at these girl saints, and it's like, well, the mother died, and then the father tried to marry them off, or you yeah. know, it's some, it's always something like yeah. something like that, or yeah, something not not fun. Life in the old days was difficult. Yeah, you, you don't get to be a saint by uh, living through something easy. So, Mm-mm. Mm-mm. yeah, and then there's Saint Lucia. So I was like, oh, well, that's a nice little package. Like, yeah, it was her mom who tried to marry her off to some old rich dude because. She needed the money. And the patron saint of the blind and was it plagues? Epidemics. Epidemics, yeah. that's right. I was like, well, that's, you can't get any more perfect then. Yeah. I have to that. wonder if that's what went into naming the character Lucy um, way back when. No. No. <laughs> I, I'm not, I, I, just a real good parallel. Really good, really good parallel. Yeah. Since, yeah, I named her, so I don't. Oh, remember. really? Yeah. Um, well, that's right. I can't remember how she got her name, but. Uh, hmm. Oh, I know. I do know, actually. She got her name from uh, Lucy, you know, the... Uh, Beatles song? No, the... No. Uh, That's where the, I the, uh, um, What is it? You know, the, the ape ancestor that we all oh, have. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah the, not quite the that? missing link, but... The Anthropophagus, yeah. you know, that one. Yeah. Yeah. She was named after her because she was the first of her kind. Okay. Now that I remember. Yeah, that's why she was named Lucy. So this was just a very fortunate parallel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Every now and then you come across that and you're like, I was very smart. Patriot state of epidemics. Hey, all right. And just, I feel like this is the catharsis Murphy needed. Yeah. 
I mean, he needed to be able to yell and electrify a few people, and then he needed to be able to come back and talk about his daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Grieve. Yeah. Yeah. And what better place to do it than in a crypt, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. It was was beautiful. And then the ending for him, too. I feel like he got closure and he got peace. Yeah. Um, Seeing that dead girl. Yeah. looked like Lucy. Who was also holding the relic. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. Yeah. I mean, that was fortuitous, but also, where did she come from? The dead girl. I She came like... from her first communion and never left. She was buried in the debris, and then the, yeah. okay. the sun shifted, and so they could And came her. across her golden curls. Okay. Because she was dead, she had a pale pallor. There you go. I yes. got it. Thank you. Yeah, I'm picking up on it. I'm I'm down. So yeah, they're looking for the uh, relic of Saint Teresa, who can supposedly cure the ill, which would be a really nice one-click fix for the zombie apocalypse. Just a just a relic. It's just like uh, actually they actually work and it cures everyone. Here you go. I have this finger bone, and you're healed. And you're healed. We you good? Touch we it good? We good? We good? We good? Boom! If you have faith. Yes, only if you have faith. Ooh, yeah. That's the test. That's that's a twist. But does the user have to have faith or the recipient? Both. 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 Yes. I think yeah. both. Yeah. Let's save as small a percentage of people as humanly possible. <laughs> Ouch. All right. Well, I think that's how that works. Yeah. <laughs> you went to Catholic school. <laughs> yeah. It did. <laughs> Didn't kill any nuns with rulers, though. Probably good. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. But I was just really <laughs> no. confused. But I know people who did. Oh, wait, no. <laughs> no, that yeah, was really that was the joke. Because it did happen in this episode, so I thought you were yes. saying no one got killed with a ruler, and I was like, no, but they did. Oh, no, I thought killing a nun with a ruler was incredible, and just Doc's reaction afterward, like, oh, that occurred. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oops. <laughs> yeah. Probably frowned upon. Now, when Megan and I watched this the other night, we had a little bit of debate because after Murphy's moment with the relic towards the end and then handing it back and them leaving, she's pretty sure he stole the relic. Like, she's pretty sure he stole the finger bone from within the relic, and we don't ever see that addressed in the episode. Like, we don't ever see the relic again. We don't ever see, like, the actual bone within it. We just see Lewis holding it. So it doesn't really address whether or not Murphy took it. Well, you know, we did go back and forth between whether or not Lewis would have it at the end of the episode or Murphy would have it. Um, I mean, as it's written, Murphy doesn't take it. But since you don't okay. see it, stay tuned for season season Ooh. five. All the answers. <laughs> That is an interesting point. I assumed that he turned a new leaf and just gave it back, but to Megan's point, he turned the hand over when he handed it back. Yeah. He stroked the bone and then turned the hand over and handed it back. Well, well that's how you give, you know, it's like scissors. You don't... <laughs> you, don't you don't go bone up. You don't go bone up. <laughs> All right. Hashtag bone up. Uh, hashtag bone up. Uh, don't hashtag that. Do Look, this weird. is the show that gave us Viagra zombies. Weird I don't know what you want. I will say one of my favorite lines in this is, and it came at such a perfect moment because we had the serious moment with Warren and then the serious moment with Murphy, and then they finally got the um, 
No, sarcophagus? It's not that. What is it? Yeah, sarcophagus. It is was it a sarcophagus, sarcophagus for the bishop. We just associate that with Egypt. More I do than associate else. that with Egypt, but it is a sarcophagus. Um, they lift. They lift it up, and the bishop comes, and then Nat's ten k goes. But he's supposed to be dead, dead. Yeah. <laughs> and then Doc is like, "It's a miracle." <laughs> and that's like the best example of making light of a terrible situation <laughs> of being trapped in a room with a zombie bishop. Yeah, yeah. So was that the green miasma that we saw from the zombie that had fallen in and then been killed? Is that Was that just like a visual representation of the zombie virus or was that something new? Or Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, that he, he was sort of off-gassing this, uh, the new sort of mutated, um, uh, Zombie virus. Yeah, the new mutated, the yeah, the one that's causing all the unkillable. Okay. The Madsies. The Madsies. So someone is playing pandemic and they've just leveled up. Basically. Yeah, so it's basically, yeah, this bishop died obviously before the zombie virus was out there and he's been in this sealed tomb. So he should be dead dead. But then as soon as the tomb was opened, you know, just like you release the curse in King Tut's yeah. yeah, tomb sarcophagus. The, there you the, go. The zombie air got the zombie air got in there and and animated him. All right, that's terrifying. It really is. And then we have Lewis's crisis of faith moment. Like this isn't the relic. This isn't right. I've been I've been at the wrong place. Yeah. And now we're all trapped down here. Good times. And then we have a miracle in the form of the zombie bell pull, which oh the bells. And these are the best miracles. And I say this as someone who grew up Catholic. Like, you never really know if that was a miracle or if that was just the dominoes of fate collapsing in just the right way to get you what you need. Yeah. Yeah. You can attribute it to whatever you believe. So was it a miracle or was it a plot contrivance or was that just a super curious zombie that was super convenient for everyone involved? Just got trapped in the ropes. Just got trapped in the ropes, as you do. As you do. You know, if you're, if you're a zombie. Yeah. You're not that coordinated. No, you trip. You trip. You're, there you are. Yeah. You're mm. caught. <laughs> I feel like I just watched some golf commentary. <laughs> Forever. We just, we just keep getting quiet. Yeah. There's a par under. And we have the zombie nun going no towards the ropes, <laughs> and I'm not quite sure what she's reaching for, but Bob, it looks like it's going to be good. <laughs> and and, and she's, she's caught. And she's stuck in the ropes. She's, yeah. stuck, she's stuck in the ropes. I don't think that was intended, but... It's like a classic episode of NPR now. (laughs) (laughs) And we're talking zombies here at AfterBuzz TV. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) You're welcome for all of that. Um, I do want to say, Sergeant Lily, I love that her personality's coming out more and more, but her, her vigor for interrogating someone is a little concerning. Yes, that, that, yeah, well, good, yeah, it should have been concerning. She got way too excited. She did, yes. Yeah. I mean, well, you know you can't interrogate the people the way you're imagining. Yeah, 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 you can't do that. You can't can't do that. For a multitude of reasons. Multitude of reasons. Even though it is the apocalypse, we still have, you know, Geneva Convention. Standards. (laughs) Tough standards. I, I love her for her, but she also makes me miss Addie. Yeah. Because the right-hand man role was definitely Addie's for season upon season. And now it's like, well, we have no idea where she is aside from possibly Numerica. Um, Come back. Yeah, she's, yeah, yeah, wandering in the apocalypse somewhere that we don't know. 
I'm waiting for an episode that just focuses on her and we get, this is where Addie's been the past couple of months. This is what happened to Addie, yeah. yeah. There you go, guys. But yeah, no, I, I love Sergeant Lily. She is an incredible human being and I just want to keep her forever. Yeah, yeah. She's she's super fun, Grace, who plays who plays her also. And um, yeah, that was a new character we, we came up with um, that we wanted to add. Uh, this this season and that was yeah that we went back and forth and if it was gonna be a girl or a guy we were like well we need some more women let's add yes let's add yeah. her uh but let's let's make her kind of butch and you know because originally it was a guy that was called lily which was just gonna be like the joke but then it kind of went back and forth and at one point the character was gonna be transgendered and then I think just Ooh. I think they I think they actually decided. I'm not sure this is true, but I, uh, I think part of it was just decided through casting, like who who was the actor they they liked the best for this, because yeah. I think they read men and women for it, um, and it was like who do, who did we like the who did we like the best for that role, and it turned out to be uh, Grace, and she's been incredible. Yeah, yeah. she's kind of badass. Yeah, we've got a couple more things to touch in on before we wrap it for the night. We. Finally got a working battery from Lewis. Thank you, Lewis, and right. the contents of your backpack. And we have a broadcast from Kaya. Kaya yes. Miskaya. Whom we haven't heard from in a chunk of time. And we have Zona operatives up there because they're everywhere, despite mm-hmm. the fact that Zona itself has gone to hell. Yeah, she knew it was Zona right away, too. I'm curious what's been happening to her in the last two years. Yeah. She's been doing research. Yeah. Yeah. There's stuff been going on up there. Um... But yes, it does. It does tie into the. It does tie in into uh, Warren's visions, and uh, yeah, just uh, because it is a government facility. So they just didn't oh, go yes. far enough north. We stopped at Canada instead of going all the way up to meet people. Right. Well, uh, yeah, um, yeah. I'm going to say Warren and the team didn't need to go that far north, but Zona has a reason, good or not good, to be up there. See. I feel like Zona has reasons for everything, but also Zona doesn't need reasons for everything. Zona's reasons <laughs> yeah. is we're Zona. We're Zona. We can do what we want. Yeah. 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 So we have the broadcast and we have at this point, it's one way because they're, I believe their transmitter wasn't is, strong enough. Yeah. Yeah. So they can hear her, but she can't hear them. Mm-hmm. So it's just a great situation all around. Yes. Yeah. So they're off to find a transmitter. Back to America. Back to America, where there are better transmitters. No offense to Canada. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Megan's in chat saying zombie ASMR. So I think that was us talking in the uh, NPR voices. Oh, right. Talking about uh, zombies. Yes, talking about the zombies. <laughs> the zombies. And the apocalypse. And saying hi to Canada and then bye uh, to Canada. Bye to Canada. Back to America. Bye to Canada. Back to America. Do we have anything else Going we wanted east. to cover for this episode? Do we have anything that we missed? I think there was a missed opportunity for a zombie moose, but that's just me. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we haven't been doing as many zombie zombie animals. animals. Yeah. Just bring those back. As I, I understand that, that moose are, are kind of terrifying. Yes. They are 12-foot-tall prehistoric creatures whose eyes do not reflect light. Yes. If you so there was just something on Twitter yeah. about about why I'm so excited for someone saying why haven't we domesticated moose? Have you seen this? I that's haven't. A terrible idea. Well, yeah, and so there's this whole there's this whole Twitter rant about why that's a terrible oh good idea. Okay, okay. I, just just like like look up like 
domesticated, domesticated moose, moose and see in what, Twitter and, and see what you find because it's the gems. it's pretty it's pretty entertaining. Why would you try? I don't think I <laughs> utilize the search bar on Twitter nearly enough in life. Yeah, see, now you have goals. Yes, <laughs> I've used it for things I regret. So. Everyone has, yeah. 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 You search something and then people are like, this belongs in that hashtag. And then you go, no, it doesn't. Yeah. What what form of weird word association are you? Nope. We're done. Close the tab. Good night, everybody. There have been things in the writer's room that we regret Googling. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. (laughs) And then a writer will come in who will have been out and people will start talking about it. And some of us will be like, don't. Don't Google it. You'll regret it. It's not worth it. It's not worth like, it. I didn't want to know, and you told me, so now I'm telling you. Like, you don't want to know. Like coconut crabs. Don't Google Oh, that. coconut crabs. <laughs> They're terrifying. Yes. I love them. <laughs> coconut crabs. They're about this big. I have to Google that. No, they're, they are, they're like, they're in Hawaii. They take, and you see them, they're like attached to trash cans, and they're like the size of the trash can. Oh. Yeah, they're huge. Yeah. Oh, it's like this giant desert spiders in Australia? Yes, like those. Okay. The ones that roll? <laughs> I did that to myself. I brought them up. <laughs> you yeah. did. Yeah, you did. I okay. hate spiders, but I've seen the gifts of the rolling spider. Okay. Someone put nope over it, so it's nope. a spider rolling away. Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> Which is about Do- how I feel about this entire conversation about Googling things. <laughs> Do we have any rapid fire predictions? Do we? After Buzz TV predictions. I don't. I was asking. <laughs> I liked having that in there. Um, I, I watched the trailer for next episode. I don't remember what it was. It's um, we interrupt this TV broadcast. That's or something. Right. I, that's not the exact title, but it's it's they're trapped in a news studio, and it brings flashbacks of day one. So I'm kind of hoping old characters come back in these flashbacks. I don't know if that is actually going to happen. That's the closest prediction I have, though. Is that we'll we'll see some different memories from when the apocalypse started. That would be nice. We'll that say. would be nice. <laughs> I hope Pop that happens too. Gift. I can't say anything about it. <laughs> yeah, I will say the hockey zombies maybe miss Mac. And oh, yeah, Mac. yeah, deep yeah. cut season two. But yeah, no, I Z Nation previews are really really good previews because the trouble with a lot of episode previews is we're going to give a whole bunch of stuff away and Z Nation previews are here's a gimmick here's some zombies running tune in like so I'm excited but I'm not spoiled yes. which is great yes that's what you want yeah that's so whoever's cutting your previews kudos to them All they right. have it down to an art cool I have no idea who it is, but I'll let them know. Well, good for them. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us tonight. Yes, well, thank, you for, thank you for having me. Yeah. yeah. Are there any other uh, projects that you're working on that you can tell us about? Um, I'm writing a couple pilots, and I'm just starting the uh, CBS Directing Initiative. So we'll hopefully be directing some CBS shows in the future, in the near future. All right. Here here's go. open. And um, where can the people find you? Um, I'm on Twitter and sort of Instagram at, uh, at Jen Elder, J-E-N-L-D-E-R. All right. Well, thanks again. Thank you. Thank you. Great to see you guys. Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at Michelle underscore Cullen. You can follow Megan all over the social medias at The Menguin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. And I'm Katie Cullen. You can follow me all over the social medias as well as on YouTube and Twitch at Kiaxet. That is K-I-A-X-E-T. Um... All of my other shows are on hiatus this week. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Thank you guys so much for watching, and we'll see you next time. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. 
to watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Oh, Canada. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.